0: All right, hello and welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here.
1: And I'm Brent Sanders.
0: And we are two guys buying and building wonderful internet companies.
1: Yeah, and this week we wanted to talk about something that we are reflective about as the, the year is drawing to a close way too fast. So it's the, what, middle November now, 2022. And I don't know about you, does it feel like this year has gone unusually fast?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably as you get older, it feels like every year moves quickly. Is that a dig? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, old man, probably it probably
1: feels really Yeah, I'm just like people are putting up Christmas decorations, which this always happens, and I and not to be morbid, but I always think about like it's just that that time of year where everybody gets depressed. I feel like the daylight savings thing is is really impacting me this year. I'm I'm usually don't even notice it. But like the the getting home and it's dark out, or the like leaving work and it's dark out. It's like four thirty and you're five o'clock, and it's like snowy and it just happened. It, it all escalated very quickly here in the Midwest.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for Austin. I'm ready to move to the warmth.
1: Yeah, yeah. So is that official?
0: Uh, it's not official. It will be soon. Okay. Uh, hopefully they don't listen to this, but we intend on accepting. Um. <laughs> But yeah, not great call. for your negotiation,
1: but yeah, hopefully they're not listeners. I, it is funny that you'd be surprised on the uh, the folks that do listen. I, I feel like people will say, "Oh yeah, I've listened to like a handful." Of, I, somebody said to me, "Oh, I I know more about you than you know about me." Let me let's just put it that way. Oh which is- yeah. Uh, which is the point of it. It's good. I'm really happy to hear that. But I guess you're a
0: funny thing. Yeah. I mean, you just, it's very intimate. Like you're in people's brains as they're like walking or doing the dishes or whatever for like 30 minutes, an hour, every week, people really feel like they know you and you don't know them at all. when you like encounter them for the first time.
1: Yeah. That's cool. But one of the topics we wanted to chat about this week, again, as the year comes to an end is kind of looking back at some recent deals and trust. Like we were talking about this. We weren't really sure where this conversation would go, but like, how we can do a better job of earning seller trust early on and like building upon that, like, I feel like we, upon retrospect of the deals that we've done, the first one was like the most trusting. The first one I think kind of spoiled us. We were working with a seller that was pretty experienced mm-hmm. had already sold the business and then it came back to him. And I think at that point he didn't feel like there was a ton on the line. Also that the dollar amount wasn't huge. It was significant to us. It was significant enough to like, it's not something like if it went to zero, it, this is not like a a trivial amount of money, but like that went really well, right? Like we were kind of trusting from the beginning. And I think the seller was really experienced and he liked us maybe from some of the podcast stuff, maybe from like just our, our interactions. It was like super positive. It was all cheery. I don't really feel like we've we negotiated maybe again, rose colored lenses. This is two years ago. But I feel like that was kind of ruined us for all the other ones.
0: Yeah, I said this on a call recently that we got tricked into like, oh, this is amazing. This is the easiest thing ever. Like, why doesn't everyone do this? And every deal since it's been harder. But yeah, <laughs> that one, Brandon's awesome. So now he has a new startup that's doing like electric motorboats, like electric yeah. speedboats. So that's super cool. He was an awesome guy. And why there's trust there is like he, so my first call with him, he looked into our background and like read a bunch of my writing. And I thought that went a long way to build trust. And maybe mm-hmm. he was just, he's a Texan, he's default trusting or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every deal since it's like, you think this is more spreadsheet investing or something. It's like, oh yeah, this deal looks good deal or no deal and like move forward. But it's it's been just a slog of like building relationships and building trust. It's different than just numbers.
1: And being creative right around. So I feel like the, the second deal we did was, this, that one's very broker driven. I don't feel like we even spoke to the seller until like the very end. Yeah. But even then the broker was like hardline on uncertain things. And it just felt that one felt, I didn't think was ever going to happen because it was just, it felt too icy. The broker was very like, you know, and had strange requirements. We couldn't get access to certain parts of the code. It was, I didn't, I didn't like that, but it, it softened. And then we ended up meeting the, the, the seller and he was great. And I probably would have been yeah. we talked about this before, probably been easier to deal with. We recently talked about our, our third acquisition, which was a challenge from a comfort perspective. And then as we look forward to, to future deals, this problem, it's not really going to go away, right? It's, it's probably going to get, as we move up market, we're talking about higher stakes. Um, and we want to buy from bootstrap founders. Like that's that's not going to change. We're not going to start working. with. So going to your point around like this is spreadsheet investing, like I think if we were dealing with institutions, that would be definitely much more the case where the, it makes sense financially and there are parties incentivized accordingly, but I think with these bootstrap founders, the biggest X factor has been reputation of like, well, what's going to happen to this product after it's done in my reputation is attached to this product. I, everybody thinks of me when they think of this brand or thinks of me when they, they think of my products and they won't really know if they see it kind of go downhill or, or kind of go in a negative direction. They won't really bifurcate. Oh, well, you sold it. And then something happened to it. They won't know. And so that's been a a big thing that we try to say, hey, we want to be, we want to take your baby and we we take it seriously. It does become our baby, but it's, it's hard to kind of convince somebody that we're not like some evil trickster.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, we're doing everything we can. So I think building in public, having the podcast where we kind of talk through our thinking makes us more approachable makes it like helps people see us as like real people. So like podcasts, a lot of my writings to Twitter, I think that transparency builds trust. The other biggest thing that we haven't done and I think we clearly should do is just like fly out there and meet people in person. Yeah. Um, and someone phrased it as meeting belly to belly, which I thought was like a hilarious phrasing of it. So we just got to meet more people belly to belly when we can.
1: I, honestly, like one of the things that jazzes me up about doing the work that we do is the international aspect of it. It's from working with people all over the world. And like, I have a total dream. I wanna like, I really wanna do it this next year is like go visit. We've been working with some teams for over a year. They're they're all over the world, Armenia, where else? India for for some of the folks, Vietnam, Korea, Brazil, like take a tour and spend time with these people and like go work with them. Like nothing crazy, like go to their office or go to their, their place of work, like spend time with them. And then furthermore, like doing that with sellers I think would be would be really fun. Like we don't do that many deals that it would be prohibitive, but going back to this, like um, just getting to know other people, whether it's traveling internationally or not, of just like, hey, let's grab lunch, and I think that would be a good thing for us to like just budget, set a small budget for, and even if it is like somebody in Australia, like that, that's a, that's a big ask. To for lunch, yeah, Got yeah, for lunch. Like a weekend out of it or something. <laughs> a twenty-hour flight for for lunch, but it, it may be the difference between getting a deal done and not. And and frankly, like, I think, think about the terms that, not that we're necessarily going to get a better deal, but if you're able to contrast travel time and cost with legal fees, yeah, like if you get even a quarter way through a deal under LOI and then it falls apart due to trust, a, a first class ticket to <laughs> so Australia might, might be cheaper. Right. And, and so I think it's a good investment and I, I think we talk about it. We haven't really done it, but I think it would be worthwhile to, to try out.
0: I, I think of it. So meeting founders, I think is a no brainer, like flying out there. It's just like, I, I don't know if you want to deal closing costs, like just roll it in. It's not a yeah. you know, a huge amount of money and then meeting LPs. So I've been going to some conferences and it's just, you build a lot more trust. Just meeting someone in person, like you're real, even if someone is listening to all your podcasts and like read all your words, it's not quite the same as like just standing next to someone and talking. To. So, hey, some of these conferences are super expensive. Like Capital Camp is 12000 mm-hmm. dollars. It's Like, I mean, it's justified if you get like one LP from it, but it it hurts. It hurts to pay that amount to do that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're bootstrapping ourselves, right? Like, we're doing this these deals with our own money, our own with our own debt, so to speak. I mean, it makes sense to to have to your point like investors but it, the fun thing about this space though is it's like you've got to kind of pull multiple things together at, at a given, given time and uh, yeah you have to be able to to move quickly and without trust you can't you, you yeah. just like things get drawn out and dragged out but i i think reference it we talked about this before reference are good references could be helpful but then again it's like you don't know you know oh did this person get paid to to say that they're they're trustworthy reputation, I think, is one thing that I don't do a great job. Like my LinkedIn is very bare. My like, I don't do a great job of like surfacing that. And I think that would be something that, as I look to the new year of like trying to improve, I don't know how to do it. It's not, it's not like a portfolio of past deals, portfolio of human interaction, people that will vouch for you. I I think that's where like, hey, talk to so and so. It's best. Like, do your take some references and and. Do your best to ask them questions, but I don't know that sellers really want to do that work. I mean, they should, right? They should do their own diligence on the seller, but or on the the buyer. But yeah, it's a little a little fuzzy.
0: I think yeah, social proof is an obvious one. Like if you're selling a product, testimonials or views on a website, you'll help. Mm-hmm. So we should probably do that. Just ask some folks to add them. The other thing that I think a lot about is just like if you're trying to sell something for three thousand dollars, you want to like just deliver a lot of value. And then it becomes like more, more of a no-brainer to buy that like more expensive thing. Mm -hmm. So I think of delivering a lot of value. We do it with this podcast, like we talk through the process. I think we could do like guides and valuations or deal process, or like I have my course. Like all those things are like kind of stepping stones of trust, where people trust me more and more. And then maybe the next step is selling a business to us. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, what I do on Twitter, LinkedIn is just like talking about what we're dealing on a weekly basis, like writing one thread on that. And that seems to work pretty well.
1: One thing that I would throw out there that has, has kind of come up indirectly, it's like qualifications around the idea that like, I'm going to sell you my baby. What business do you have in growing it? You're you not smarter than me. You don't have more experience than me. You don't have more resources than me. What qualifies you to take my baby and and necessarily grow it? And like, I'm not a... I'm not big on like talking a big game. I'm big on performing, right? Like it's speak, speak softly, carry a big stick kind of thing. But you know, I think that's where when we approach sellers, I think having some proof around, hey, we've done this, we have confidence in our ability to do it, we have confidence in our ability to to grow the thing. I think that that's where I'm finding it, it's a little hard to to have like tangible proof, because I don't have a bunch of stuff on my resume that shows, oh, well I've, we bought 10 of these and turned them all around into to home runs. And they've been wonderful exits because we're like doing it now. It's like one of those things where you go apply for for the job, your first job, and they're like, well, we need more experience. Like, well, how do I get more experience if I don't right. get the job first?
0: I I mean, that's a good argument to throw every company we buy on the website, right? It's just like, yeah show you've done it. Once you've done it three times, five times, 10 times, 20 times, like, eventually it gets harder and harder to question you because you clearly have done it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think that, yeah, I think that is like building a portfolio, being more open with, I always push back on that because it's like, ah, from like a a technical, like attack vector perspective of like a hacker and knowing that there's a common thread, but not that that's like, that's not driving our decisions of like, oh, the the more we can anonymize these companies, the more we can kind of keep them separated. That really doesn't make sense because they get attacked either way, right? They all, when it comes to intrusion and, and all that stuff in the tech world, it's not necessarily a personal attack. It's just, if you leave your doors open, people come walking in. So I guess I need to just get over that. What about-
0: what, I, I was thinking about that. that. So even if Brent goes full Kanye and starts saying all this racist stuff and anti-Semitic stuff, it's like, are our customers gonna go, like Google Brent's anti-Semitic or something like, no, they're just gonna pay for the dog walking software. They're like gonna have no <laughs> sense tied to us. <laughs>
1: I suppose so. Like, yeah, I guess I keep my my profile low enough, but it's, I was going to say, it's like, I, I wonder if it, it does turn into a little bit more of a, like a portfolio site. Like well, I started my career doing more so like creative work, like creative technology. And, and that was always a thing. You, you put together your prior year portfolio of like, here's what I did. Here's the, the steps. And you kind of outline case studies and you kind of show, Hey, this is how I think this is how I work. And it's always that thing that gets neglected throughout the year because you're busy doing it. You're busy putting it together, but it always came into this time of year. Once Thanksgiving would hit, things would start to slow down, put together the portfolio of the prior year and share that out. And I think that might be a good exercise to, to publish, which is just like, okay, this is what we did last year. I mean, this isn't the recap episode, right? We're not going to go through all the stats, but you know, we, I do feel like we are progressing every every quarter is better than the prior every year we're doing it's not necessarily what we we didn't close everything we set out to close we didn't crush everything we we set out to but we're progressing and that's good like it's it's definitely getting better and we're we're building this this base up so sharing that i think would be that that might be my takeaway from this
0: yeah. I, we're pretty good about sharing on the podcast, but like, I guess case studies on the website of like, this is the product we bought and this is the product as it is today. I think that would be pretty impactful because I think yeah. a lot of bootstrappers think, well, they're just, they're going to double prices. They're going to gut the team and that it's going to run it for cash flow, And that's not like what we do. It's like, we ask what's the most annoying thing? What features would you like? And you revamp the UX and it all looks better. And customers are actually way happier after an acquisition goes down than like before. So like documenting that whole process could be cool.
1: You know what? That's a funny thing at that. Actually, now that we're, we're talking about that, I didn't really think about that. Every, I guarantee you, even on, on products where we have raised prices, I guarantee you, if you pull the customers, they would be happier. Cause we, we actually, we invest a lot in the customer support. That's one part of it. I guess we, we respond to their needs. But yeah, generally, I mean, maybe it's just this phase that we're in where it's like the first couple of years, you're, you're improving, you're, you know, but I just don't see us like letting anything languish to the extent that when when things come to us, sometimes things have kind of languished for the, the lower end of the customer base is is ignored. Yeah, that, that's an interesting metric that is probably worth highlighting is like your customers will be way happier if you don't have to deal with them and we can take this over. And, and I think that is the thing with is also in common on all the deals, even ones that have had like proper like customer support structures. There still is never that like stakeholder involved, or there's a stakeholder that's involved in everything, and there's no support structure. So it's like we tend to bring in both of those things that, yeah, definitely make make for a happier customer.
0: Yeah, we juiced the initial number a little bit on Scout because we waited like I don't know three weeks to pull customers, so we had already change customer support a little bit, but yeah, that'll be the first one we, where we have more of a baseline. We can see we pull them in six months or something. See how it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm on my, let's see, I spoke to a customer yesterday. I'm just looking at my list of customer conversations. I'm on my probably eighth, ninth customer conversation directly. I, I would say everyone has kind of echoed the same thing that, you know, hey, this is, there's not a lot of solutions in the space. Some are happy, some are are not so happy, but in general, they're happy that they're on this platform. But that was like the big thing that they were like getting ready to hop if they weren't going to start getting some more answers, which is I think a common situation, especially for bootstrappers that are like, hey, I'm at my limit. I don't want to deal with support. I actually spoke with the seller last week around this time, and I was just like, how, how are you doing post sale? It's been three weeks. Like, do you feel different? He's like. I uninstalled intercom and I feel so much better, <laughs> which is the tech the support line. So I'm I'm always happy to hear that. And so far things have been good. We're not without challenges and problems, but you know, I think that's like the, the thing that is probably our number one metric at this stage is just customer satisfaction. Yeah.
0: My only other idea was like kind of, so all this was about building trust kind of in advance. This is like building trust as it's going is just do what you say you'll do. So like set timelines and meet them. Like, Hey, we'll have the APA to you within a week and actually do that. And we'll get back to you in 24 hours and do that. I think that just like slowly builds trust, like as the deal progresses and then just sticking to simple deals, nothing weird.
1: So yeah, I was about to bring this up. So like simple deals from a terms perspective makes sense, but like, I'm curious, like I like being creative. I like blending the lines of like hey normally you would go through your broker and an attorney and all this stuff and i i in my mind i like this idea of like let's let's spend a full day to let's go camping and we'll go hiking or whatever and like spend some time together and hash out and share with me your and, and we'll go two ways like let's hash out and because like the the best way to get through some of the the trust issues is not through an attorney not through a broker it's like just Get And the problem with that is, is like you guys, two people put their heads together and like come up with this fanciful deal. And then the attorney comes in, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about that? And basically squash the love party. So, but I do, I do like being creative. I just think that that tendency may not serve us as well in the future, especially as like, as we get too far down a process and then you you come to, okay, well, how are you going to paper that? How are you going to, to make that official? And the trust, I guess that's where you have to have some sort of, yeah, like benchmark where you can tell the attorney, I actually, I think it's going to be okay. I mean, I, in selling my first business, that was the the final thing. And I'm sure it is for all of our sellers where you have to just say like, okay, I think this person's, I'm going to, I'm going to like open my, be susceptible to some aspect of this. And that's just how it has to be in order to sell a business. You have to kind of Yeah. We talked about this last week and I think we're kind of getting to the same point, but it's, it's, it would be nice to be, I like being more creative, but I I don't, I feel like that's, it's almost counterintuitive.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? Any other thoughts on this?
1: No, no. Other than you got, you got the baby coming. What what is the due date?
0: Basically the end of the month. How is it like 38 plus a couple days right now?
1: Wow. Okay. Um, So you're talking the next two weeks, all the prep is done.
0: All the prep is done. Uh, got the car seat in the car, the mirror for the car seat in the car. We set up the nursery kind of yesterday. All the bags are packed. We got an air mattress to bring to the, the hospital.
1: Um, <laughs> Wait, but so are you, I don't even think the room. So you are going to have a child, just for the listeners to understand, you're going to have your first child at the same hospital. I had my first child.
0: Yeah. And it's, most people it, in Chicago have it.
1: it most people in Chicago have their their child at, at, at the same hospital. And the rooms are teeny like so I since had two children or I since had one child moved to Ohio had our second child in Ohio in in, in Rocky River or Fairview Hospital which is like a suburban hospital where it's like a three-bedroom <laughs> you could fit like 12 people in the room easily versus in Chicago at at Children's or not at Children's at, what is it it's the women's hospital uh, right?
0: Prentice, it's called.
1: Prentice thank you the rooms are tiny like I remember and you're significantly taller than I am I could barely fit on the bed and, but there was nowhere else to put. I don't know where you're going to put that mattress.
0: Uh, yeah. People told me there's space. So my wife's a doctor and a bunch of her friends are doctors and some are there. They seem to think that there's plenty of space for a twin, but not a queen. So I was told, you know, I can't put my <laughs> yeah, queen. And I was also told, like, yeah, I can't possibly fit on like the little couch that they give you. So no, this is my solution.
1: Is there a chance that you can just go home? It, not unless you want to get divorced?
0: No, I suggested that. It was not a uh, well-received. So, no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Cause I'm only like 10 minutes or whatever, driving or less. It's not very far, but
1: yeah, uh, it's I'm so not. funny. Cause I, the same deal as last time uh, for, with our first, it was like, oh, you're going to stay. And we lived blocks away. We lived at 500 North Lakeshore for, so literally could walk home and, and sleep in a bed, but yeah, it was the first baby. Didn't, we didn't know what to expect. You don't want to miss it, I guess now upon like thinking about it. But it was literally the one of the most uncomfortable nights of sleep ever. Yeah. But yeah, and I've shared my one tip with you is like let the nurse keep the baby in the nursery as long as possible. Like get your sleep; it's the last chance you're gonna have before taking the baby home, and and you'll be fine. But yeah, it doesn't. That first one, it was that was a tough. That was a tough night of sleep. <laughs> and that God, it was like an hour or two. But either way, plans for taking time off. What do you think?
0: Oh, it's weird, right? because I don't really have a boss. I mean, I'm accountable to partners and other people, but I I was kind of thinking like a week or two where it's, I'm mostly like disappeared. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, from there on part-time, I think the baby sleeps a lot. I could pop in, pop out and help kind of as needed. And that's roughly what you did. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I'd just keep it loose. I would not, my main thing was I was shutting down all my, anything I was accountable for. That was my big thing is like, a month in advance, I was doing a fair amount of consulting work and odds and ends for for other projects. And it was like, I'm not, if you need it, like get it from somewhere else. And so I set everybody up with like other contractors, other people to finish things off. And I was just, and, and as I think about it, I was not productive. Like I was not sleeping. I was spending time. The days kind of went, went differently, And I don't remember how much, time, I feel like I took like hardcore two weeks completely off the grid. And then yeah, you're bored, like you're sitting around and there's time to do things and you still want to get busy. I just didn't apply like structure for maybe like a month of like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to start going to the office. And then the second time around, I don't really think I took more than a week, week or two. And yeah, it's just like, it's, I mean, it's different when you have the second, the other one's running around, you already have a nanny, you already have like structure built in, but yeah, it's, it's all about just making it comfortable for your partner. That's like the, so, you know, I would definitely recommend brushing up on your cooking skills and plan on just feeding everybody and cleaning. (laughs) Get your vacuuming game on point.
0: That's what Roomba's for. Roomba does a good job, but yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: you got a Roomba, that's right.
0: I do basically all the cooking anyway, so that's not really much of a change.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, we have a very similar, similar domestic situation, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, we're excited. I don't know if this is the last podcast for a while or we got a couple more yeah. beforehand, but...
1: Have you guys decided on a name or are you going last minute?
0: It's down to a few. Okay. Um, yeah, people are pressuring us more and more to hear the name, but I don't think it's completely concrete yet.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll never forget Cousin Max named his son Axel. That was oh. a that was a big surprise. That was a, I hadn't heard a baby named Axel. We went with Oliver and Sophie. They're very far more conventional, but uh, yeah. It's uh, wait until the moment because you got to see their face and see, are they truly? No, they all look like blobs. You won't be able to tell anything.
0: Yeah. Some people have said other variations. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, We're excited. We're ready. Well, if it
1: happens before the next podcast, good luck.
0: Yeah. Thanks. And take care, everyone.
1: All right. Thanks for watching.